the perhaps most eagerly anticipated fashion release in 2024 going to happen next week because Damla Giri is launching in cooperation with the avant-garde Indonesian Imelda Jaslin designer duo the Damla Giri t-shirt this is a sneak preview on YouTube. You're very lucky. That's a back. That's a front. So the front, just Damagibi Forest Hermitage and the 12 spoked Damavir. But the back is a really most splendid part. Budhang Damang Sanghang. Sadanang Gachami. Now I take refuge in Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. And surrounding the Tiratana, or Sanskrit Triratna, Sanskrit Triratna, Pali Tiratana. Now this symbol, that is an ancient Indian symbol for the Triple Gem. And I really like the idea of going back to the basics. Now, this is the most fundamental thing. We also have a motto for Dhammagiri. Now, there are trees, there are empty huts. Meditate, don't be negligent. Which is a great one for those who actually stay here and practice in solitude. But not everyone is ready or interested in practicing the solitary meditation. And I feel that simply taking refuge in Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha is something that everyone who is a Buddhist or interested in can relate to. And it's so powerful because it implies so much. If we all take refuge in the Buddha, we wouldn't have what is happening to the atrocities in Gaza on live camera every day. We wouldn't have the war in Ukraine. We wouldn't have any of these wars and troubles and conflicts. Because one of the first things if we take refuge is usually that we do the ceremony for taking the precepts as well. That goes together. It wouldn't really make sense to say, no, I take refuge in Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha and then I walk off uh, killing, stealing, adultering, lying and getting sloshed. They wouldn't be genuinely taking refuge. Now, that's the reason that these two ceremonies are usually conjoined. The moment we take refuge, we also do the five precepts. Because if we genuinely take refuge, if that is an authentic intention, we will make at least a real effort to keep the five precepts. If we are not maybe perfect yet, but at least we make that effort. We have that aspiration. So and I think that this is what we are saying with that symbol. This is kind of implied when you wear that Buddha-Dhamma-Sang-Hang-Sadhananga-Chami you're not only advertising Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha, you're also 
making a statement that you are committed to the precepts, at least committed to trying, even if you're not perfect, at least committed to trying wholeheartedly. And I feel that this is a message our world desperately needs. But it's not only precepts. The triple gem also stands the second one Dhamma, it stands for the Dhamma, it stands for the Eightfold Path, it stands for the threefold training, the training in virtue, we talked about that, and then the training in Samadhi, and training the mind in calm and tranquility and concentration in blissful unification of mind and Samadhi. It also stands for the training in wisdom, developing awareness, arousing mindfulness, having clear comprehension and investigating with wisdom until we understand, until we develop insight. This is all what you are expressing really. It implies you know, kindness and generosity, making punya through kindness and generosity. For someone who has gotten the unshakable faith, a Vetchapasada, someone who has a stream entry who have realized the Dhamma, at least on the first level of enlightenment, it's natural for them to be generous and giving. If we haven't realized it yet, but we take refuge and we obviously are committed to make an effort to have the aspiration to practice kindness and generosity. The symbol is made up, the top comes from the ancient trident symbol, which you find in many cultures and which was there and before the Buddha. There's a kind of modified trident at the top and now symbolizing Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. Below that, you can't see it much, it's just sticking out. That is a Vajira, a Vajira. So it's very suitable that we are giving out the T-shirts next weekend when Ajahn Vajirao is here. Do you know what a Vajira is? Uh, translation uh, has two meanings. It can mean thunderbolt or it can mean diamond. And the Vajra was the mythological weapon of Indra. You have it even in Western culture. And Zeus or Jupiter was supposed to have the power not to strike with a flash of lightning, a thunderbolt. That's why he was you know, the top one in that uh, mythological heaven, because it was the most powerful weapon anyone would have. The same with Indra. So the Vajra is a symbol for this powerful, legendary, mythological weapon of a thunderbolt. But what does it have to do with Buddhism? I thought we are kind and gentle. What do you need a thunderbolt for as a Buddhist? Exactly, to smash the defilements, to split asunder ignorance, to extirpate craving. 
Now this is a symbol of wisdom. Where the, this is where the diamond comes in. Now the hardness again that you can cut, you can cut out craving from your heart. The only thing that is hard enough is wisdom to cut that. The only thing that is powerful enough is wisdom, panya, that you can cut out now, all kilesas from the heart, all craving, attachment, all anger, hatred, greed and delusion. So the Vajiva, directly under the trident symbol for triple gem, and the Vajiva is a symbol for wisdom, the thunderbolt now, that can destroy kilesas and free our heart from darkness. Now the diamond that is in a bright and pure, bright and pure mind, uh, practicing, exercising wisdom, and to to cut the diamond is the hardest. It can cut anything, but nothing can cut the diamond. So wisdom, well developed, based on samadhi and well developed, based on virtue and samadhi and well developed, is so strong like a diamond that it will not be overcome by the defilements. But to the contrary, the wisdom faculty then is not so strong that it can counter these defilements that have been tormenting our heart for countless eons in Sangsaba. Yeah. It's called Vajivasana, exactly, the diamond throne. Now the Buddha is sitting on the diamond throne, but again you have the fact that the Buddha succeeded in that ultimate battle against Mawa, and he didn't wield an external Vajiva, a kind of mythological weapon of the gods, but the internal Vajiva, symbolizing, in this case, the supreme wisdom of the Buddha. Below that, the um, Tiratana usually has either a lotus flower or a dhamma wheel. And here the design with Gavi Sap also. It's a kind of eight-leafed lotus leaf, but in that sense it's also a dhamma wheel. There's a kind of a combination of the symbol of the lotus and the eightfold path, you know, the dhamma wheel with eight spokes symbolizing the Eightfold Path. So the meaning of Eightfold Path, I think, is easy. But what's the meaning of the lotus? What's special about the lotus? Is a lotus usually grimy, slimy, dirty, and stinky? Hmm? Exactly. The lotus is pure, the lotus is clean, the lotus is beautiful, the lotus is fragrant. And that is the case even if it grows in a kind of swampy, muddy pond or just a ditch where people throw garbage and then when the rainy season comes, the ditch fills with water and is muggy and muddy. And although the lotus is rooted there and is born there and it grows there in the water, in the mud, it rises above the water and goes above the surface of the water through the 
light of the sun and unfolds and it stands there in a beautiful, fragrant, clean and pure. Now this is a symbol how our own mind, our heart, although we are stuck here, we are born in a human body which is very impure. We are in this human world where you have things like the atrocities every day in Gaza on live television, Ukraine and all the other uh, harmful things happening in this world. We have that. But the lotus is giving us encouragement that our heart actually can free itself from the whole world and rise above the dirt and the impurities and then can be completely pure and fragrant. Fragrant is usually a simile for virtue in the Dhamma. That we can attain a total purity in our heart and rise above the world. So that is the center. This one is just an ornament and a stand. Because you want to uplift these great symbols. So Tivatana coming from the ancient trident symbol which you find in many cultures and here symbolizing the Buddha Dhamma Sangha and then right below the Vajra the supreme weapon of wisdom, the thunderbolt that can destroy the darkness of defilements the diamond that is hard and white and clear enough that it can cut all attachment and all fetters. And then the eight-petaled lotus, symbolizing the kind of Dhammavir, at least the eightfold path, and symbolizing the purity of the lotus that can grow beyond the pollution of the world. You must be very keen to make that statement. Dhammagiri is not for fashion cowards. Dhammagiri is for those who make a bold statement. Because if you wear that, and then you're lying or swatting mosquitoes or drinking champagne and things like that, you can't do that. I personally believe that there's some difficult to explain power in putting these uh, symbols particular uh, over our heart. So many of the t-shirts, uh, your Kevin Klein, uh, right over your heart. And uh, I think I, I would be careful in what I put, what kind of message no, I, I write over my heart. And I think that it has an effect on other people. You can see that in our society it's completely suffused you know, with these different brands and you know, their meanings. This is often an uh, incredible value in the companies. You know, for, like for Apple, I think Apple is the most expensive company in the whole world from stock market value, I, I think so. Correct me if I'm wrong. Definitely very valuable. And quite a bit would only be just their brand name and this Apple symbol. For whatever reason they wanted to give that away, and if someone wants to use that symbol, 
and would have to pay an, an incredible amount of money because it's so valuable because it's the, the way they can take hold of people's mind that people see it and it, it triggers something in their mind so rather than going for designer brands and computers and phones and whatever they put out a symbol for the triple gem a symbol for purity, precepts kindness, generosity, tranquility, mindfulness, all included. Whether beings with no feet or with two feet, whether beings with four feet or many feet, whether beings that have form or formless beings, whether beings that are percipient or unpercipient or neither percipient nor non-percipient, the Tathagata is the foremost, the Buddha. There's no other being in the whole universe who can surpass the Buddha in terms of wisdom, samadhi, knowledge, understanding, psychic powers, purity and so on. That's the highest embodiment of all wholesome qualities and in particular the quality of vimuti, of uh, release, of being totally freed from all defilements, all fetters, all dukkha and then having uh, the supreme wisdom more than even the disciples who attain the same release but having this extra super strong wisdom faculty. So there's no other being that compares. So if you take refuge in the Buddha, as it says on that t-shirt, you're taking refuge in the supreme being in the whole universe in terms of wholesome qualities, in terms of wisdom, release, samadhi. In terms of conditioned phenomena, the Noble Eightfold Path is the highest because it leads you directly to the unconditioned, to Nibbana. So of everything, whether it's material or mental phenomena, anything that is conditioned, which is basically everything except Nibbana, now the supreme, the most supreme is the Noble Eightfold Path. Now this is still conditioned still part no, of the world of Sangsaba, but this is the conditions no, that get you out of it. So if you take refuge in that, you take no, refuge no, in the highest conditioned phenomenon, the Noble Eightfold Path, no, which he has again no, represented in the eightfold, eight-petaled no, lotus leaf of all phenomena at all, either conditioned or unconditioned, the virage, dispassion, fading away, is considered the highest, namely, madanim madano pipasa vinyo vatupachido, the cutting off of the round of rebirth, the extirpation of intoxication, the 
restrained of thirst. If the Buddha uses pipasa, the tanha is usually translated as craving, but it also has a more literal meaning of thirst. And the pipasa is a normal word in Pali for being thirsty, you know, overcoming that. The nibbana, tanhaka yo, nirodo, nibbana. This is the highest of all phenomena, whether conditioned or unconditioned, the unconditioned phenomenon, the only one, Nibbana. And if you take refuge in the triple gem, the Buddha Dhamma Sangha represents a Dhamma. So there are two types of Dhamma. One is a conditioned Dhamma, the teaching we have from the Buddha that leads to the unconditioned. And of those, the Eightfold Path is the highest. And the other one, the final goal, the unconditioned Nibbana. This is the only unconditioned thing there is. And that is the highest of all phenomena, whether conditioned or unconditioned. Uh, represented by the triple gem, one of the triple gems, the Dhamma. We are not actually planning on um, selling them. We give them out free next Sunday. And we will do that. We have about a hundred. We do as long as supplies last. And I think um, because Imelda Jesslin or Avant-Garde Indonesian fashion label, this is tongue-in-cheek, no, they're not a fashion label, but Imelda and Jesslin, no, they kindly offered that. I had it printed in Indonesia and we got them for free from them and then we give them out for free. But I think next Sunday is probably only one per person because it wouldn't be fair if someone comes and just grabs 10 for the extended family. But uh, there's already an offer, a PIM offer, which we can do a few more in Thailand. And uh, I see how it goes. And maybe they're all too cowardish to make that bold statement. Because sometimes ne, we are shy in uh, doing something really good, which is uh, curious, ne, because usually we are not shy doing worldly things. But making that kind of statement, ne, we have to see how it goes, whether people have the courage to put that so big on over their heart ne, and make that statement out into this world. So with the first 100, we will uh, give out as long as stocks last uh, and uh, on this special Marga Puja event. And then uh, we see uh, we may have more offers that more are being printed. If you didn't make any effort not to formally claim copyright, but I think you automatically have copyright on artwork which you produce. And as this was produced in a cooperation of Imelda Jesslin, Damasia, Gary, I assume the copyright is with us. But uh, we are very happy for you to reproduce it. My intention is not to earn money. This is why you need copyright, it's for earning money. My intention is to get this symbol out, and the more this symbol is spreading and it takes hold, the more it will exert some subtle power in this world. 
I believe you know, there's some subtle power if you use a symbol representing something that's so exalted. The same with the Sangha. The Buddha said, you know, whatever groups or communities, whatever organization or association or corporation or incorporation, you know, the Adiya Sangha, you know, the Sangha of the disciples who have realized the Dhamma, at least on the first level, now that is the highest community, the most supreme community you can have on earth or anywhere. And this is what you state that you take refuge. You take the refuge in the three highest things you can possibly have in the whole universe. And you're expressing that in writing, in the language of the Buddha. You decided to go for the original Pali language, and well, the Buddha would say it himself using his language, so to speak. There's also education. Eh? This is a very simple one, which is good for every Buddhist to know in Pali. Buddhang, Dhammang, Sanghang, Sadhanang, Gachami. And then to put that out and state that. And I'm very happy for this ancient Indian symbol to become a little bit more popular again. It was popular in ancient India, and you find it in, uh, at Santri Stupa. Actually, he wrote about that uh, in one of the blog entries in the Dhamma Reflections. Unfortunately, it's at the end of this article, which also talks about these two beautiful Buddha statues. So it's maybe not so visible. The article is called you know, Two Buddhas and One Symbol in our Dhamma Reflection Block. And it was usually in a very exalted position, like the Torana, the ceremonial entry gate to the stupas, and they would put it in a white on top. So the ancient Indians, in the first 500 years, when the Sadhamma was still unchallenged and very strong and the most attainments happened, first 500 years after the Buddha, this is when they used that symbol and they would you know, regard it so highly that they would put it in white on top. So I'm also hoping you know, this is a different attitude and if you're not into trying to earn money or accumulating things, there's no reason you know, to stop people from reproducing it. The more it's reproduced, the better. This is a sneak preview. No wonder that you haven't seen it before. This of course, this is all the point of being avant-garde. <laughs> the Buddha is the most avant-garde you can be. So it's the most revolutionary statement you can make. And if you reflect deeply on that, you're go so deeply and against the grain of the whole world. It may not be immediately apparent. When you see the symbol in Buddham Dhammang Sanghang Sadanangachami, but it's, it's very revolutionary what you're doing. You're no longer in the fully part of what is normally happening because you're on a different track. And I agree, it should be educational. And hopefully people start asking you. 
I like that in having a symbol which is not so well known. I mean, we also have a well-known one, Gabi's version of our 12-spoked Dhammavir, referring to the Dhammachakapavatana Sutta, the four noble truths in their threefold aspect, making it 12-fold. Four noble truths, three aspects, 12-fold. This is on front. But no, Dhammaville is not so, what is saying, is not so unusual. But this one, people are likely to ask you, what is that? And this is one of the most important things you know, to break people out of their conventionality. Because most people now are really stuck in, we are conditioned in a certain way and then you live your whole life. You know? And anything that uh, piques people's interest, that uh, arouses curiosity in connection with Dhamma, I don't mean the curiosity for the latest celebrity gossip, but any curiosity and piqued interest uh, for the Dhamma is uh, incredibly helpful. And what I like, uh, even very long-standing Buddhists, you have been a Buddhist for a few decades, Dr. Garmini, isn't it? You have been a Buddhist for a couple of decades, isn't it? How many decades? Nine decades, a Buddhist. And are you familiar with that symbol? Are you familiar with that symbol, with the Tibetana symbol? You see, even a very dedicated Buddhist, excellently practicing Buddhist for nine decades, even he is not familiar with that symbol. And I think that that can be an advantage, particularly in fashion, because <laughs> you want to be ahead. But uh, it arouses hopefully interest. For sure. Now that is a description the Buddha gives. Now this is, as Lumpur Tongdeng said, he considered the most powerful mantra to recite it be so. I mean, the whole thing, it be so. Bhagavan Adahangsama Sambuddho Vicha Charana Sampano Sugato Loka Vidua Nuttaro Purisadamma Sarati Sattaha Devamano Sanang Buddho Bhagavanti. Because these are the most important, outstanding qualities of the Buddha as he has described them himself. And Ubatongdeng also said that they refer not only to our Buddha Gautama, but to every Buddha. So these are the most important distinguishing qualities of all Buddhas, as described by the Buddha himself. So this is obviously something. And again, uh, Svakato Bhagavata Dhammo Sanditiko Akadiko Epasiko Opanaiko Pachatang Veditapo Vinyoiti. Again, this is a Buddha's description of the most important features of the Dhamma. And then the same for the Sangha. And uh, in terms of taking refuge, if we cannot really take refuge, into something which we don't know. 
it would be saying uh, like one person walking about and saying oh I'm so much in love I'm in love with this person and then ask them oh who is that person what's their name and they say I have no idea where do they live I don't know what do they look like I don't know have you ever seen them no have you ever talked to them no but you're so totally in love with them? Does that make sense? Is that possible? No, no. So similar, the, in the depth of our refuge will depend on how deeply we understand what that actually means, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. And when two people do the refuge ceremony, externally may look the same, but internally can be something very different and only from the level of stream entry into the first stage of enlightenment onwards and is it what is called an avetra pasada is it neither the real thing so to speak only they actually have seen the dhamma and they know what buddha dhamma sangha really means and only they have the, the yeah maybe you can say the real refuge before that, it's not on the same level. And only an Abhan has fully realized that refuge in all, the, all respects. And then before that, we are trying to deepen the level of our taking refuge. And one way of deepening it is knowing more about the qualities of Buddha Dhamma Sangha. Again, if a person falls in love, that can sometimes be on first sight, but usually it gets worse the, the more contact they have. gets stronger. Which in terms of worldly love is obviously worse, because the worse the more defilement. But in terms of the Buddha and the Triple Gem, the more we know and understand about them, the deeper our faith, our commitment, our conviction, our confidence becomes, and that is not worse, no, that is obviously better. That is a wholesome thing. Okay, thanks for your patience. And one last sneaky preview. Isn't it gorgeous? <laughs> <laughs>